This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. And so I I wondered if we could talk about this week, if I can make, or everybody or anybody can make their regular prayer practice into practical prayer. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no requirement that you believe anything specific in order for the practical prayer to work. It does. It's not like if it's for one religion or one sect or denomination or only people who qualify, this is available for everybody. So I was reading that when Ernest Holmes read, was doing his research and all of that. And it's, that's still incredibly amazing to me that he read all of these religions, but he pulled out commonalities. Like he found a thread, a common thread, in the prayer practice of all religions, actually. So that being the case, why does practical prayer or affirmative prayer feel so different than traditional prayer? In traditional prayer, and I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage because I grew up in traditional Christianity just to the point where I stopped believing it when I was 12. And I had some difficulties with it all along. And what my pushback was, it was the idea that as a 10-year-old, I was supposed to beg some God outside of me for something, including that prayer, you know, if I die before I wake, it's like, what's up with that? What is up with that prayer? And, you know, since then, I've come to understand where it came from, but it was so external. Mm-hmm. It was so out there, there's a capricious, judgmental God that's deciding whether or not I'm going to get my prayer answered. And it's completely based on stuff that's invisible to me. So I don't know what God is specifically looking for. My religion is telling me that I need to behave in this particular way and do my spiritual practice in that particular way and treat other people in some manner. And if I obey all of these invisible rules that somebody else has interpreted, because that's what God wants, but God didn't tell us. God told somebody else, and they're passing it down the lane to me. If I manage to navigate that, then I will get my prayer answered. And if I don't, then it's either because God didn't like the prayer, or it wasn't my turn, or I didn't understand the rules properly, or I didn't execute on them the way that I should have, according to this infinite power that is up in the cloud someplace. So from... uh well, you pretty much nailed it from a traditional. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it at 10. 
That's, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. So, yeah, there are a lot of contingencies to answer yeah. prayer in the traditional sense. So then in making the transition, and I'm speaking for myself, of course, but I'm sure that there are others who are listening, who are trying to make sense of it and to see if they can make that transition that you know you really want to make. It's kind of hard to let go of all of those contingencies, you know, and it's about, I understand it's about the God being out there somewhere. So first thing you got to do is reel him in, even though mm-hmm. we know that God, we are the temple of the living God, you know, it's almost like poetry and trying to make it practical and real, but practical prayer kind of does that. Yeah. And I'm going to ruin the surprise at the end of the book, just by telling you what my understanding is of why people tend to be as resistant to moving into a practice of practical prayer instead of staying in whatever the beseeching prayer to the external God is that they might've learned growing up. And the reason is that there's accountability. If the answer that I'm going to get from the infinite creative power that created everything is yes. And if in fact, when Jesus said, um, as you believe, so it is done unto you, that means that everything is a result of my belief system. So everything that is happening is that infinite creative power creating my life according to my belief system. And if I don't like the way my, my experience of life is going, I can't blame that power outside of me. Oh, God didn't want me to have it. No, God has one answer. God is saying yes. And if I say, I want to be rich and prosperous and I want to have plenty of money and I'm having an experience of poverty or lack or insufficiency of some sort, I can't say, oh, well, God just wanted me to be poor. It's like, no, there's something in my belief system that's accepting that truth and it's going to remain operative until I change it. So in order to have the pivot, we have to take accountability for the experience that we're having. And that's a big deal. That's a heavy lift. Yes, yes. I'm, you know, while you were saying this, I'm thinking this is really big because you touched on something that is amazingly critical when you said Jesus told us it is as we believe. And going back to pinpointing what it is that we believe that is influencing the outcome is just, it's, it's incredible. It's like, um, I don't know if you can do that in a few minutes Uh, because (laughs) when you, when you started out by saying that God always says yes. And by the way, I remember when I talked to you the very first time you said that Mm -hmm. and I had read it and I said, well, I asked, spirit for somebody to talk to. And here you come saying, God says yes. And I'm thinking, how the heck is that? You know, like I, I can, I can deal with the yes on the stuff that seems good, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I have a judgment, a, a judgmental system, I guess you call it. And so yes, over here, no big deal, but to say yes on everything. And then, you know, I listen good, right? So you said, you took me back to Jesus said, it, you shall have as you believe. And that just like sends you back like a whirlwind to back to yourself because you use the term accountability, right? It's what I believe that God is saying yes to, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is huge. 
That is huge. And this is an infinite power that creates galaxies. Regardless of, of how big or grand or spectacular the desire that you have in your life that you believe that you can embody, it's not going to change the balance of the universe at all. All of that good is available. And everything that has ever been invented by humankind started with the belief of the inventor that it could, that it's possible as they chip away at, uh, whatever the old ideas were, you know, back in the days when the earth was flat, the earth wasn't actually flat, but everybody believed it was flat. So we treated it like it was flat and we, it was done unto us as we believed we got to live on a flat earth until somebody sailed around and said, Oh, look at that. It's round. And somebody else got in serious trouble because they claimed that no, the earth is not actually the center of the universe. It's not even the center of the solar system. And the facts there didn't change at all. Our understanding of the facts did. And based on those new understandings, because we now have a belief in things like gravitational pull and celestial mechanics, we're able to look through telescopes and see stuff going on elsewhere in the galaxy or the universe and learn and grow and expand. You know, we've got a space station that's been in orbit for, you know, years and years and years. How unlikely was that a hundred years ago? Mm. Yes. Whatever's coming next. Everything that we're doing today is obsolete on the way to being replaced by something else. And it is the belief of people who are willing to step in and question what has been and open the possibilities of what's new and start exploring that lets that happen. Mm -hmm. And it's not just science. It's not just technology. It's all the stuff that's going on everywhere in our lives. It's society. We have a belief that certain people have these particular abilities or rights or talents or skills or whatever it happens to be. And that tends to be self-perpetuating because once we believe it, then we get to repeat it and we get to live those experiences. Yeah, but that doesn't feel good. You know, it feels good for the things that feel good, but um, so. I told you that. Yeah, this is this is not easy. This is a heavy lift because the stuff that we like is the infinite saying yes, and the stuff that we don't like is the infinite saying yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And and well, I can't blame God. Say, well, why would God let that happen? It's like God lets everything happen. We get to decide what we want to have. And and that's free will, I subject for another time, but it's part of it, it's it's woven right into this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people say, oh, does God have a plan for my life or is it free will and I'm completely on my own? And it's both because there is not a predetermined plan for what our life is, but because God is saying yes to whatever it is that we are seeking, we can invite that divine presence to inform us as to how we can best share the skills, talents, gifts, time, and abilities that we have that's going to bring joy and prosperity and harmony and happiness to us and everybody around us. And then that little voice, that infinite intelligence will speak within us and say, dance or sing or write or be an accountant or whatever. And by following that, we are in alignment and harmony with what it is that our gifts and skills are. It's not God telling us what we have to do. It's God letting us understand what will bring us fulfillment. Say more about that. 
it's not God telling us what we have to do because you said that God will whisper, you know, or the spirit will whisper, sing, dance, whatever. So it's not God telling us what we have to do, but what will bring us the greatest joy. Whatever, whatever it is that we consider to be good. Hmm. Yeah. And that comes down to uh, callings. I'll tell you what, we're going to take a little bit of a break and come back and talk about God calling. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now at GodCall.org. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Bill Marcioni, and we're going to continue our conversation, uh, but we evolved. We did. Your original question was, can my current prayer practice turn into a practical prayer practice? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. And where we tangentially jumped off was what I refer to as callings, because God doesn't necessarily have a plan for our lives. But God does understand the specifics and particulars about each of us. That infinite presence is embodied by you and by me and by everybody who's listening to this. And we are all exactly the same, basically being that divine power and presence expressed. And we are each unique because we have our own special perspectives and skills and talents and gifts and abilities and resources and whatever happens to be there. So the idea is instead of God telling us what we have to do, we have been created with this unique combination of gifts and we can open ourselves to the the awareness and the guidance of how best to use those in a way that's going to bring good, however we describe it, into our lives and into our homes and our families and our neighborhoods and wherever it happens to be. How is it that, that I can be God's instrument? in this particular circumstance. And when we open ourselves up, then that still small voice within will suggest to us how we can use those gifts and skills and talents effectively. And it's not one answer for our entire lives. For some people it is, for other people, uh, there's a whole bunch of different uh, things that we can do, different ways that we can combine and, and let those capabilities interact. And when there's something that's right for us, we can say yes 
The universe is saying, this is what's available for you. And we can say, yes, it's our turn to say yes. And then we step into it and we're looking for the opportunity to do that. And the opportunity shows up. It's the universe saying yes, right back to us. And that becomes the evolutionary spiral where the yeses beget the yeses beget the yeses. And I call that a calling when that inspiration of this is what's, what's right for me for now. And if I ignore the calling, God calls back. <laughs> you know what's incredible about this conversation right now is because this morning during my study time, I was, I don't know what you call it, but I was, I was following the track of oneness with God. I, you know, part of making a shift is no matter how close you may feel to God, being one, absolutely one with God, the unique expression of God, God residing in you and expressing through you, that is not simple. That's a, that's a big shift. It's a wonderful shift, I think. It's a wonderful thought, wonderful thought, but to make it a part of what informs everything you do sometimes can be a heavy lift. And so this morning when I was thinking about that, I was thinking that and if I speak in the first person, I think it's better. You know, I'll, I'll do it that way. When I think of myself as being a unique expression of God, I am whatever I am, whatever I do, skills, gifts, talents, or whatever, is how God expresses through me to the world, how others see God, whether they know what they're seeing or not. It is God expressing through me. And so when you talk about a calling and how God might or spirit might suggest this, this, and this, I'm wondering if it's based on your set of skills, your personality, you know, the thing that gives you the greatest joy to do. There are things, of course, that I might like to do, but God is certainly not going to express through that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I might wish, but then I'm, you know, I'm real clear about my my particular areas of what I do well, and I stay in my lane. But it's more than it's more than that. It's this is how God expresses through me. So now, when you think about the will of God uh, or God's purpose in my life. Can I say that God's purpose in my life is to express through these one, two, or three areas, but I can choose how I exercise those areas. Is that okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. And God's not limited. I mean, you know, I sometimes jokingly say that I was the most unlikely person in my high school to become a minister. It's like that was just so completely off the table that it's like, mm, nope, not going to happen. And my first career was being a, a smart ass on radio morning shows. And it was wonderful and a, a tremendous skill and talent and gift for that using my language, my writing skills, my sense of humor, you know, performing skills and, and, and the rest of that. And I stopped doing that because it ran its course and I started doing something different. I, you know, went into the advertising business and I was good at that. And I went into direct marketing. And I was good at that. And I went into technology and I was good at that. And I was different ways of sharing the gifts and skills and talents that I had. And now here I am as a minister with that background. So I understand technology and I understand publishing and I understand broadcasting and 
I've also come to understand spirituality. And so now the combination of gifts and skills and talents, which was, which was latent then, but has been developed in different directions, is coming out in different ways. Was that when you think about God having a plan, could that be the intention or the plan of God from the very beginning? But you had to go through all of these other areas to be you know, who you are now. It could be. Absolutely could be. You know, is there a reason that I waited until I was in my early 30s to discover this teaching and, and reconnect with my spirituality that I'd run away from when I was 12? Yeah, maybe. Maybe when I said, you know, when I was 12, I was out of here. The infinite was perfectly willing to wait as long as needed to be. You know, it could have been, could have been the next day. It could have been 20 years later. You know, the infinite doesn't care. And in the meantime, it turns out that I have developed some abilities that now that I've reconnected with my spirituality are very helpful. Would it have been easier for me personally to have had a, a straighter line? Maybe. <laughs> well, how about, how about this? I think that everything is as it is supposed to be or you know, it happened the way it was supposed to happen. Otherwise, you know, you can get like strung out on the what if it could have been better, it could have been easier, it could have happened quicker. Uh, but it happened the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Because all of those things are important right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, I'm talking to me now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so. the circuitous path that each of us has been on. You know, we can look back and say, oh, my God, I've been walking in circles or it's like so meandering back and forth and around and up and down and back and forth and all the rest of it. Or, you know, what a waste, what a loss. All of those years that I could have, would have, should have done something different. The fact of the matter is that is the path that brought each of us to this present moment. And let me just go out on a limb and suggest that there is something new there is something important that is coming into our awareness through listening to this podcast. And it took that entire path to get us to this moment, to be open to that newness so that the transformation is possible. Yes. Yes. And when we're evaluating the path that we've been on, that's judgment. Yeah. It would have been much easier if I'd been able to get to this part on the path without some of the things that I consider to be uh, painful or wasteful or distractions. But one of the things that I've learned in doing practical prayer for other people is when somebody asks me for prayer, we sit down and start talking and something like what they're talking about happened to me. <laughs> and sometimes it gives me the opportunity to go deeper into my own growth and learn something even more profound because they're saying something like, oh, yeah, that's really familiar. And because I can see it in them, I now have new insight about what that meant for me. And in other cases, I'm able to say, oh, I have been through this. So here is a way of looking at that, that I'm able to save them a week or a month or a lifetime of whatever it is, just by suggesting a new possibility and letting their path be on a different course. Mm-hmm. You know, if I want to say, oh, well, I wish that happened for me instead of happened for them. And why don't I get that? That, 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 that? We got to remember, this is one life, one infinite life that's being lived in millions and billions of different 
beings. So the experience that I'm having and the experience that you're having are all interrelated. They're all weaving back and forth together. And we have the opportunity to support and uplift and advance each other. That's even a bigger thing when you, you say that one life, you know, lived through billions of beings. And just because I'm reading all this stuff, you know, over time, it makes sense to me that you're saying that. So it's sometimes meeting you might seem like a strange thing, but not really. When you think um, about one life, you know, yeah. you, I, I, my kids were laughing, you know, the other day, cause I told you they always check everybody that I'm associated with and where you're going <laughs> and all that kind of business. <laughs> told them I'm not yeah. ready for that level of life yet. But um, one of them said, listen, based on what mom put out there in the universe. God did not want to hear from her again saying, (laughs) (laughs) so whoever Bill Marcioni is, he had to be the best in the neighborhood because God did not want to hear from mom again about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that's, that's part of it. I mean, that explains it in a different way. You know, mm-hmm. they said I put it out there in the universe and every thing that I specified, you know, you were in the neighborhood and uh, there was that intersection. Yep. So. Now, I moved to Philadelphia in 1984 and you were in Philadelphia in 1984. Yes. So what are the chances that we would have met some other time or eventually anyway? And if we'd met in 1984 or 85, it would not have meant what it meant when we met in 2020. Exactly. Because neither of us was ready for it. Exactly. I was so far in another place. That's right. You would have looked at me and seen, you know, what I was presenting outwardly, and I would have looked at you and seen what you were presenting outwardly, and it's like, okay, there is not a deep spiritual conversation to be had here. (laughs) (laughs) Nice meeting you, and we're just moving on. (laughs) That's right. So to get back to the topic, you can uh, turn any prayer practice into practical prayer. And part of it is learning the techniques of practical prayer, which are are pretty simple. You know, it's five steps outlined in the book, and they're easy to understand because they're all words that you learn pretty much by the time you're done with uh, maybe first grade. There are no special concepts in there. The real deal transformation in that is that practical prayer is a method of changing our beliefs and our belief system. And the abbreviation for belief system is BS. And we all have our own BS. And what we need to do is, if we want to not be living in our previous BS, is to create something new. And being able to look dispassionately at it and say, oh, okay, I've been living my life this way, and it must be a result of my beliefs, to either dive into what those beliefs are and figure out where they came from and why, so that we can get rid of them, Or we don't actually have to do that. We can just choose a new belief and then let the infinite tell us whether or not we're actually buying into it. And that's, that's the yeah, buts. We get done with our realization step of our our prayer, the the, the active meaty one where we are claiming that new thing that we're going to be experiencing. If we don't believe it, our mind will tell us we don't believe it. And then we can use that as information as to what it is that we believe instead. 
So how do I change that realization to the point where my belief system isn't objecting to it anymore? Because once I, once I get past the objections, I'm putting a new intention, a new invitation into that infinite creative power that creates everything. And it's going to say yes. You know, if I want to have a loving relationship and I believe that I'm not deserving of a loving relationship, every time I claim I have a perfect loving relationship, there's going to be a little, yeah, but you're not that attractive. Or, yeah, but people don't want somebody who acts like you. Or, yeah, but you're too old. Or, yeah, but you're too young. Or, yeah, but you're too heavy. You're too skinny. Or, too that, 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 that. You don't dress well enough and you're not good in social situations. I mean, our minds will tell us all of the reasons why we don't deserve what it is that we're trying to claim. And those things are beliefs. Is it possible that the reason I didn't get a date with Susie because I wasn't dressed nicely enough? Yes, that is completely possible. And if the only possibility for me to experience a loving relationship is for Susie to buy into that, then I'm putting a huge limitation on the universe. Maybe it's not Susie. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's Sarah. Maybe it's Nancy. Maybe it's Bonnie. Maybe it's somebody who's waiting down the street. We don't know. What we, what we want to do is let loose the belief that we can't have it, that we don't deserve it, that there is something that stands in the way of us having whatever that experience is, and then get to the yes. This is such a, a beautiful place to be once you understand what it is. You have to reach a certain level of awareness or consciousness, I suppose, is a better way to put it. You kind of need a I mean, it's not that simple. Like you need a spirit guide or a spirit mentor or something. Because if you're unchurched, it's cool. You don't have a lot of stuff to unravel. Mm -hmm. But if you are, you, you need some help, right? You just, it's not like you can just pick up the five steps of practical prayer and make the shift. Because you're doing a lot of battling in your mind. Yeah. The good news is that there are some beliefs that are really easy to change. There are things that we, we, we don't have an attachment to. And we've talked about this, that that's praying for superficial stuff. So if you want to start with your practical prayer practice by, you know, wanting to cure a loved one's cancer, solve world hunger <laughs> and eliminate climate change, there is a lot of personal and societal belief that's packed into that. That's going to make it kind of daunting. If on the other hand, you want every time you go out, to the trolley stop to have the trolley that you want to get on be the next one up and show up within a minute. That doesn't seem like it's that difficult because that's, that's, that's so close to coincidence that can happen. But we have people who have been getting on the first trolley for months. In fact, years at this point. So you can get started immediately to do the stuff that we think of as big it takes a little bit more discipline. And that's because we're going further and further into the false beliefs, the hidden beliefs that have been creating the experience that we're having in life instead. Okay. It's good work. It's it is a lot work. of work, but it's good work. And yeah. it's, it's worth it. And it's the sort of thing that you can learn how to do. Like I said, it's not that complicated. There's a lot of nuance to it. So it's simple, but it's not easy because there's a lot that's wrapped up inside of it. But it is certainly possible. You know, there's, you can, you can learn how to do practical prayer in a few hours. You can learn, you can get started on the life transformation of going from a life of limitation to a life of possibility. How long is that class? 10 weeks. 
uh, 10 three-hour sessions. So 30 hours to get started in that. And then it becomes a spiral as, as we go deeper and deeper and deeper into it. But the transformation is available as soon as somebody wants to say yes. Like, I want to learn how to do this. I want to bring some newness into my life. As soon as we say yes to that, start down the path. Like the one that you've been on with your family saying, I don't know about this. (laughs) 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 Or or whatever it's going to be. So let's do another break and come back and do a prayer for everybody who's listening to deepen into a richer and fuller prayer practice. Great. We'll be right back. You can put practical prayer to work in your life, and Reverend Bill Marcioni can help. He is offering an online class that teaches you to create your own practical prayer in five weekly one-hour sessions. The final hour brings your practical prayer together, anchored in live original music by a notable New Thought musician. Practical prayer is based on the most effective prayers found in religions and spiritual practices all over the world. Use it to deepen ever more fully into the truth of your spiritual nature. It's the core of a transformational spiritual practice that's simple, even if it's not always easy. Reverend Bill is also available for private spiritual counseling prayer sessions. Together, you'll lean into the challenges you've experienced in life and explore the transformation that's possible through practical prayer. He'll uncover old, hidden beliefs and uproot them to make way for the life of your dreams. Everything you need to know is on the website at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence and here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. And uh, we have been trying to, what did you say? Straighten out a plate of spaghetti? Yeah. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to organize a plate of spaghetti. And actually not organize, but map it out. It's okay. actually easy to, to take the spaghetti apart, but to try and figure out how it's all tied together, that's complicated. Yeah. Um, you want to take the spaghetti apart? You put the fork in over here, hold the spoon over there, you twirl, boom. That easy. <laughs> that easy. That's right. Okay. I like that and then, one. and then another mouthful after that. So when, now when I do my practical prayer, I'm going to think about that. You know, spoon, spaghetti, twirl. Twirl. There you go. You don't, you, you don't have to figure it out. You can, but you don't have to figure it out. You can just do the practice. And in fact, that's going to be the prayer that we'll, that we'll do is... That, that transformation, that pivot from doing a, I'm not going to call it an impractical prayer, a traditional prayer or a prayer of supplication to a practical prayer from an external beseeching prayer to an affirmative claim of good. And it's going to be different for everybody who's listening. You know, people who are brand new to this are going to find a whole bunch of resistance there. Yeah, buts are going to come up immediately. That's fine. And there are other people who've been doing this for a long time who will, you know, we get to the end of it and say, well, that was wonderful. (laughs) And still the transformation is available for everyone. And by the way, even bigger transformation available for the people who are the most resistant, who are at the very beginning of this, because going from not moving at all to moving is huge. Zero to 60 is amazing. You know, 60 to 120 is, that's exhilarating, but it's not nearly as big as the the change that happens when we first get going. Mm. Yes. So let's do that prayer. 
So for everybody who's listening, if it is safe to do so, go ahead and close your eyes or go to a soft focus. If you're operating heavy machinery, please pay adequate attention to that. As we turn our attention away from the circumstances and the situations and the details of the world around us and open ourselves up to that infinite power, that divine creative power that creates everything. This is that divine source that has created galaxies, stars, solar systems, plants. Everything on planet Earth is a creation of this one, and it created it by sharing its own substance and energy. And that's true wherever we look for the story. When we talk about the Big Bang, there was an infinitely dense singularity, impossibly dense matter and energy 14.2 billion years ago, and then suddenly it exploded. It began expanding. And everything that exists in the universe has been and continues to be created out of that. When we're talking about the oneness, we are talking about that one. There is nothing but that one. Scripture says the same thing. In the beginning, there was darkness and void and God. All there was was God. And God said, let there be, to begin with, light. And that creative law responded, and there is light. And God said, let there be, and continued on. And every time God said, let there be, the the law responded and continues to respond, and there is. Everything, everyone, everywhere can be traced back to that one. And because that creative law is always responding to the conscious intention and invitation for something new, when there is a powerful, clear intention for let there be, the law responds by bringing it into being. Sometimes it's in ways that we understand perfectly. Sometimes it's in ways that are completely mysterious. And still, the law always says yes. That creative power is always saying yes. So it's not a question of whether that power is going to respond to us. It is more of a question of what it is that we are setting as an intention. The good news is that the sum total of our beliefs is showing up as the life around us. If there's something that is not to our pleasure, it's somehow tied to what we believe. We are free to change what we believe. We are free at every moment to change what we believe, to set a new intention, to make a new invitation for that creative power to create something new in our lives. And the answer is always yes. So when we are having an experience of life that we don't like, it's not about blame. It's about awareness and insight and understanding. I now know something that is not working to my satisfaction, and I choose something different. Sometimes I choose exactly what it's going to be. Sometimes I just choose what that feeling of dissatisfaction is going to transform into. Is it peace and peace of mind and serenity? Is it prosperity? Is it love? Is it happiness? Is it joy? Is it gleefulness? Do I completely forget what that experience was, or is my new experience informed by that? The invitation for that new experience is Unique to each of us. So as each one listening grows and evolves and expands along that practice of practical prayer, that transformation is more deep and more profound than we had necessarily expected was possible. As good as we can possibly believe and 10% better than that, we are inviting a new awareness, a new insight, a new ability to transform our prayer practice into a deep and effective practice of practical prayer, allowing more good and more good and more good to flow in our lives. And to the greatest extent possible, 
we are clear in those intentions that we are setting and the invitations that we are making. And in any circumstance or situation where we're seeking something that's outside of what we believe is possible, the guidance is very clear that we do not believe it. So we are free to adjust our beliefs, to go back and examine them. Each one is going through that process in his and her own way to clear out the old baggage, the leftover beliefs from earlier life, from childhood, from lessons learned throughout society, from all of those unconscious thoughts that have been impressed upon that creative law for so long. Repeatedly going through that process of clearing out what's no longer working and opening to what's new and what's possible and inviting that yes. And so this good is unfolding right here and right now and continuously for everyone within the sound of my voice. The good that we're seeking is seeking us. The awareness of what it is that we believe and don't believe is gifted to us with clarity and peaceful wisdom and that good is unfolding. And I'm so grateful for the wonderful ways that this is coming about. I'm grateful for the stories that each one of us is even now getting ready to tell about the transformation. And so with gratitude for all of this good and more, I speak this word of intention and I release it into the same creative law that has always said yes, knowing it is once again saying yes. I let it be. And so it is. And so it is. And it's fabulous. And 10% better than we thought. Plus or minus 10%, everybody can believe that. Yeah, but it's even more than that, you know, maybe because I'm some things have just been exploding in my awareness. Yeah. It's really wonderful. Well, maybe next time we'll talk about compound interest on that 10%. <laughs> okay. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.